Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Suge Burry. What happen if you say what you want to say? Hey, girlfriends, and I know there's some guys listening out there. This is an exciting show I have for you today. Why is it so exciting? I want you to imagine for a minute what it would be like if you were incarcerated for over seven years in a prison in Africa um, where it was because you shared the gospel, you were excited about the future, but yet you wanted to bring healing to your country that you were originally from, and that was wrong. Boom. You're in prison. And this is what happened to our friend today. I really shortened it. Please go back to part one, please, and listen to some of the details um, of my friend, Esther Myers. Esther, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I hope I I summarize that in a very short way because I want to get to some of the questions that we still have lined up. Now, we left the first show with you sharing that inside of uh, Kigali Prison in Rwanda, Uh, The women had to shave their heads. That was part of the protocol. Um, But, you know, you had hoped and so had the women that they could keep their hair. And so in order to do that, um, you guys prayed and interceded and went to God so that the leaders would change their mind. What happened next? Thank you for the question. The good news is that the God we pray answered the prayers. At the time came when they said that, no more shaving hair after praying. Yeah. So what we prayed for, what we asked for, it came to happen. And uh, I left even myself. I was able to keep my hair and then they having now beautiful hair. They shave, they have to be clean. They look beautiful. They look beautiful. Uh, Before it could be, it was really challenging to get out to see your family when you have empty head. Yeah. And then, and then the heat as well, because it's too hot over there. Sometimes when it's summertime, imagine that, you know, that sun, you know, you know, burning your, your empty head. So I, I, I'm so thankful to God that after we prayed, the women, we had to fast and pray and God really saw the tears and the prayers we prayed. And right now they have hair. They're no longer shaving the heads. Like Awesome. This. Praise God. Yeah. That was it. And, and was it hard to move leadership? Did it take a long time or was it relatively short amount of time from praying and fasting? To me, actually, was uh, I'll say maybe for it was like for two years while I was inside. Uh, uh, for the third years, that's where I, I saw the result of that. You know, the leaders came and say, you know what, we allow you now to have the hair because uh, we're having you know changes, and uh, uh, it was before actually COVID started. Before COVID. COVID. Even before mm-hmm. COVID. Were you moved and, to another prison? Yes. You, the, the, the prison of Kigali have moved and went to a place they call Mageragere, Mageragere prison, still is in a Kigali. 
So, but the other old one, which is uh, in French, we, we said this Neuf-Sartrand, um, it moved to another facility. Um, it's also big. That one was small even for the women, but now the women, they have a big facility where they move out and do different things and the children can have the way to run out and go to school. So they have neat, beautiful facility. You can even Google it on YouTube. You see it. It's and you know, beautiful. you know, friends, that I go around the United States and preach in prisons here as well. And I really did like what Africa did, where they allowed the children to come in with their moms. But I believed it was only up to three years old. Is that correct? Yes, three years old. Yeah. Yeah. At three. Go ahead. But sometimes can go four or five if there's nobody to accommodate a child. If a mom is... uh, you know, still, you know, waiting for the court system to go through and a child is over three years old, they have to call the relatives to come and pick the child or otherwise they can look for aftercares just to come and take the child. But sometimes it gets complicated when no way a child to go then sticks with, with the moms inside. And you know what I like too is the other woman inside a prison would rally around and it was like a big village raising that child. It was it was just very special. And what I'm starting to see in the United States as well is they're trying to do more programs. There's a program called the doula program. I don't know if you're familiar with that, where they're trying to help women who have given birth to their child. Uh, now they're starting to do overnights or visits on weekends where they can spend more time with their mothers. And what it does is it brings restoration. Um, That's right. So, so back to Africa, back to Rwanda, what were most of the uh, women incarcerated for? Um, that's uh, another question which I, I did explain. I do have a video on, on YouTube when I spoke in prison. Uh, what I said for this moment or these four years to five years, a lot of women uh, struggling with with drugs, you know, mm-hmm. drugs issue, selling the drugs, you know, consuming the drugs. Majority today are drug dealing people, drug dealers, really, for the women, even for men. You know, I don't know what the percentage is in the United States, but to me, it looks like it's over. You know, ninety percent of the people incarcerated are because of drug related they either were high when they committed the crime or they wanted to get high or they needed the money or they were selling um i know uh there's a friend of mine who's in kenya and she is um really heralding the cause for women inside a prison in kenya because um, a lot of the crimes are poverty crimes where yeah. they wanted to eat and food and so they were you know, of course they stole or etc and um, so she's trying to help them as well in that mm. so esther i know from praying with you, over you, um, you know, we would get a prayer list often from your team that uh, were on the outside. How did your family hold up during this difficult time when they're in the United States and you're incarcerated in in uh, Rwanda? Yeah, that's actually a sensitive question for me. But again, I just praise God in everything. Uh, back in Rwanda, my my family are all Christians. Um, they were shocked for 
the beginning of my issue. But again, it's push, it pushed them to pray and intercede and ask God what's going on. I remember my mom received a prophetic word. It was so challenging. A lady, a, a, a prophet lady told her, say, you're going to carry a weight of seven pounds. So it was like a little bit, uh, you know, and God sometimes does not speak openly. It's, you know, you have to be sensitive and having the spirit of discerning and knowing what God wants to tell you. So then my mom told about carrying, or a, you know, seven pounds. And at the end, I was like, Ish, are they going to give my daughter seven years? That was the interpretation. Is she going to have seven? They start praying and they prayed and they prayed. And then others in the dreams, they'll see me going out, you know, coming out and going back to the airport, going back to USA. But what they did was standing me in prayer and others. I do have one of my cousins. She she actually, she was traumatized and they started talking about me. And then just she just took away and they, they found her far away because of, you know, the pain just to know that I was in prison. Uh, back home here in the USA, you can imagine leaving a son who's four years old or five and a half and my husband, who was the first time in Rwanda. So they came back without me. Even staying in Rwanda without me speaking the language, introducing them here and there, it was a big shock. But God again intervened for them. Yeah, he God did, you know, yeah, God was there in whole situation and he, he started communicating with his, you know, family members, church members. This is what is happening to Esther. They started supporting right away. Um, then, but my heart, my heart was like, God, I really, do you accept that my son and my husband will be alone? You're going to keep me in prison and you're going to, you know, especially I was my son because what together I wanted, I have started, you know, homeschooling him and teaching him how to pray and all how my culture, my language. I wanted him to be really a genius, you know, boy when he grow and just to be connected to God. And I was like, so who's going to do that? Oh, father. Then, you know, what came to my mind? I said, father, if you need me in prison. Take care of my family back home and then speak and deal with my family back to Rwanda. Let him let them have peace. Let him let them accept the fact that you want me here in prison. It was so hard. You can imagine after seven years to come and find, you know, my son who's now 12 years old. It was, I can't even was imagine. As it a mom. You just, mm-hmm. you know, you're being ripped away from your husband and your child. That's uh, right. You feel that you didn't know, you didn't feel that you had uh, uh, done anything to be incarcerated, and now you're in for 10 years. Uh, and I love that dream. You know, seven in, in the Bible is a, a number of completion, friends. That's right. Um, and so uh, I, I love that your mother had that dream, and uh, she felt that as well. Um, so who ended up taking care of your uh, kids? Was it, did your father, or I'm sorry, did your husband and your son fare okay? Or what happened there without you? That's a good question that I love actually to, to talk about it. And, and my husband came with my little boy 
and then he decided to take care of his son. Uh, we were in Minnesota, then they, they decided to come back to Kennebec so that he can be able to take care of his, his son. And, yeah, and get, you know, try to go to work, you know, um, you know in a farming area because we had a, a family uh, friends who had a big farm and my husband used to work for him. He decided to say, if I go in a small town, I'll be able to raise my son and mm-hmm. also work and raise support, you know, to ourselves. That's what they did. But at the same time, as we talk, you know, with my husband, and you just hear me, you know, shouting and with a strong and your hope, say, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been praying during the night and people are receiving God. I prayed for an an old lady who was over 103 and she had a big wound on her leg for so long. Actually, she told me that when she was a child of, you know, when she was 16 years old, she had that wound. And then when the nurse will come and, 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 and help her, I'll go and just pray also. It would be like two nurses. I'll pray and she'll clean the wound. And that so woman she, she was 103 in prison. Yeah, we do have that age in prison. Wow. wow. Over and then you went and prayed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. I prayed for that woman. And guess what? In two, uh, I think two weeks, this nurse came to me. She said, Esther, Mama, pa- they call me Mama Pastor. Mama Pastor, you know what happened? That wound, it's healed. Then I was really, I went back and it was so dry. I told my husband the miracles that is happening in prison and those who struggle with the blood issues who had like six months with the blood, two years or three years as I pray for them and they would get healed and healed. Then my husband said, that's what God is doing in there. Then he said, that's my joy. You do the work of God and God will see to us. And I'm blessed that you are now a missionary among your people. My heart is free. Then he says, I'll wait you until God brings us together. Oh, my goodness. That is like such a love story. I absolutely love that. Your husband is content with your son in South Dakota even though he was ripped apart from you, you are incarcerated in Rwanda, Kigali, and God had a purpose and a plan to plant you there so that you could heal people, that you could be the mama pastor, so that you can rise up in leadership and bring Christ inside of a dark prison. Hallelujah and amen. Amen. There you go, sister. Amen. Amen. Tell me, I want to hear another story. Tell me what else had happened. What are some of the things you saw God do inside of Kigali prison? Uh, It was my joy. The all joy that I, it was just listening to the people. I did, as I said, I, I, I had my bachelor's degree of psychology and counseling at Crown College. So I was also a counselor inside where the people come and tell me they really, they pull their heart, repenting, repenting, and, and, and telling me the truth. Mm-hmm. And as I start, you know, listening to them and questioning them and then willing to surrender everything to Jesus, I would know that, you know, the truth, be, be, you know, before the, the lawyers or the judges, they'll admit to their crimes. 
They say, yes, I did commit the crime and I want God to forgive me. And I admit this to God, but guess what? I don't want the lawyers and also the judges to know the truth. Yes, but I want God to forgive me. And I want you, Mama Pastor, to pray that God will open doors for me to get out. Although I have committed a crime. That was a challenge for me. They want God to forgive them. And I'll know the truth. And I'll have to keep the, you know, the truth, the confidential things inside of me. And I say, this is what they want as a counselor. If someone say you need to keep, you know, as a, con, you know, con, confidential, you have to keep it. So my joy was to say that God allowed people to, to be, to, to, uh, to feel comfortable with me, where they cried, where I gave them my, my shoulders and they'll cry and they'll weep. And then we'll pray for the next, um, court just to go for the appealing and mm. guess what several people were released awesome praise they god just, you know and they'll they'll be guilty this is so amazing before before god they're guilty and they have re, you know repented but again before the people and they, they let them go and guilty that's amazing. That's only God. Uh, you do this, oh God. And guess only what? God. Go, yeah, they will go and I'll stay inside. They have committed the crime. They are. Uh, they admit to it, and I pray for them. They just get released, and Mama Pasta, I'll stay inside. And you know, Another, they, their hearts mm-hmm. changed, though. I think that's the biggest difference. If our our listeners are going to say, "Okay, we're all about you do the crime, you do the time," I agree. If you're going to commit a crime, you're going to have to pay the penalty. However, their hearts changed inside of prison for the Lord. They prayed and, you know, despite the fact they were guilty, they were released by the grace of God, friends. This is what it is, by the grace of God. Right. That was my joy. And then another side, I listened to almost seven women. They, They came to me, they said, Mama Pastor, we just want, I want to apologize. They didn't come at, at, at once, but it was one by one. They say, Mama Pastor, I want to apologize to you. I'm the one who put you in jail. I'm so sorry. Then oh, I really? Said, yeah. Then I said, you did not do anything to put me in prison. Then she said, wait, wait, I'll tell you what I did. I pray to God and ask God, I need a special minister. I need a godly woman who come to prison that I can confess my sins, that I can heal my wounds. And you are exactly the one I prayed for. Then I was like, are you serious? Are you killing me? They say, yes, I prayed for you. (laughs) Then I said, what do you want me to do for you? I want to repent. I want to tell you everything. And I want the God you serve to forgive me and to let me go back and join my children. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Was, Look at it, God's hand at work. Wow. It was wow. As we say, wow. I was like, seriously, Father, you need me here. And the women can pray in prison. They need special people. And you accept to do that. I was so amazed. But seven. And I said, can you write it down for me? <laughs> can you repeat this? Can you testify this to the people? I say, oh, yeah, I can. They wrote papers for me that we pray that we needed a special 
women, godly person who come, that she can minister to us, that she can talk to us, that we can cry with her, and she can keep our confidential inside our life. That is amazing. Didn't they have a chaplain or anything before you arrived? Uh, They had a chaplain who come, you know, from, from, they had one, a guy, uh, but the time it was so limited that they, there's no way they could just open up and until again, uh, our culture, it's hard to trust any, mm-hmm. any person you see. Mm-hmm. It takes time for, for them to open up for the chaplain and for who owns, because the time it was so limited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're it, inside it, with them. I mean, they trust you because you're also incarcerated with them. And, yes. and God brought you there. For a time such as this, Esther, I'm sure you've heard that before with your name. That's right. For That's a time right. such as this. So uh, fast forward a little bit. Um, you, you're seeing God do amazing work, powerful work, prayer and fasting. This can happen today, ladies, in your life, too. This is not just inside a prison and only with uh, Esther. This is something you and I, friends, have access to as well, is to be able to pray, to intercede for others, to uh, fast, to be open. You know, Esther was open. Here am I, Lord, send me. Esther was available for people to come forward and share their hearts, their woes. And look at what God did. He didn't waste her degrees. He brought them into the worst part of prison in Kigali and used her degrees to allow the Holy Spirit to work through her and heal others. It is an amazing story, Esther. I love this story. I Thank hope you. you're going to write this down and put it in a book. That's my my hope. I'm praying for that as well. Yeah, it is just, Thank it's an amazing you. story about the power of yeah. God uh, mm-hmm. in your life. So what caused the prison to release you early? You yeah, a 10-year sentence. Yeah, actually, they did not release me early because I, I, we have, we appealed again to the Supreme Court. Okay. So the uh, the Supreme Court they 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 decided to put on seven years, and it was amazing because I ended up even preaching in you know um, high court, you know Supreme Court, you know all the questions they were asking me, I found myself preaching to them because that was my heart. <laughs> they were like looking at me, they just laughed and I could turn around and see the audience and start, you know, preaching to them. They could see that this, she's really crazy. This is who she is. But uh, at the end, they say, instead of 10 years, we just, I love the, the last part they put on my judgment or the final judgment they say we have searched since esther was young she did not commit any crime and she is she kept her her, her testimony and this is the reason why we move we remove um uh three years instead of 10 she's gonna serve seven years yeah, then i just la- then i was i just laughed i was like seven seven years of what if you have this father i don't know commit any crime so how about seven years but again it confirmed to what god told me when i prayed for my sentence i said father do you need me yes i have this so what's gonna happen now after these 10 years 
I heard it with my ears, seven years. Then I, I told know. God, this is killing me. Don't do that to me, Father. Seven years is going to be too much. Why? No. So I didn't tell anybody. It just stayed in my heart, in my mind. And then when they said seven years, I was like, Father, you put me on seven years. This is you know, it's so painful, but you yeah. know why I better, mm. you better show yourself during these seven years. Oh Lord. Oh Jesus. I hate to wrap this up Esther, but we're out of time. This is such a great story. I hope you come back again. Give us updates about what's going on in your life. But friends, what I want you to learn mostly from this interview is that God knows where we are. He knows our hearts and he uses us for his glory, no matter what the circumstances look like. Esther, thank you so much for coming on. You God bless done. you. And I can't wait to see how God uses you next. Friends, Shugbury, you know what? Over and out. Hey, ladies. This is Shugbury, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so glad that you have found our show amongst the millions of podcasts that are out there. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, would you please do me a favor? Like it, rate it, thumbs up. We're on YouTube as well, so don't forget to find us there. You can watch our guests also. Please subscribe so you don't miss a show. We also have started Him for Her Crazy Testimonies. And each of our guests that we have on the show shares their personal testimony, how they receive Christ in their life. This is Suge Burry. You know I love you. Over and out.